Good afternoon. Welcome to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes coming to you live on this Monday afternoon. And in studio, none other than my good buddy, Doug McCary. Doug, welcome back. It is good to have you home. Wow. And I know you are thrilled to be home. I, well, I am. I miss Lori and the girls. I was gone for a week and uh, just, but I'm very thankful. I had just a really incredible time. Thank you so much for your prayers, all you listeners out there who've been praying for my mom, Aline McCary. Um, she is, <laughs> I, I don't even know if I can even talk about <clears throat> it. It's been so mind blowing. Um, just, to, I, I, I feel like I need to give a recap. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> so a week ago, my mom, um, uh, fell in the night and hit her head and, and, uh, she fractured her hip. And they uh, took her to the hospital in Meridian, Mississippi, where, you know, we have two stations there that broadcast WMER and WMOX. Uh, and so they took her to the hospital there. And because of the trauma to the brain, they didn't have a neurological team there. Uh, and they sent her to Jackson, which is 90 miles away. So she went to University Medical Center over there. And they determined, uh, well, she had a brain bleed. Um, the, the blow to the head caused her brain to start bleeding internally. And um, so, and she had a fractured hip, which is a problem. If you're older and you can't be mobile, I don't even know how, if it's, you're older, if you, if you get uh, incapacitated where you can't get up, pneumonia, you can get pneumonia and all kinds yeah. of things. So anyway, uh, she's over in Jackson. They did the hip surgery Monday, so I, I take off Sunday driving over there. I drive and um, spend the night in Meridian with my dad uh, and then get up and go on first thing Monday to get over to the hospital because my brother David was over there with her at the hospital. So we switched. David came home to take care of dad and uh, because my dad and mom have lived kind of by themselves, but we knew we were going to have to move dad over to David's house um, while mom was there. Cause mom did a lot to help with dad. Mm. And, uh, and so um, mom was in the hospital, coherent talking. And, you know, um, she just was talking about how her, her leg hurt. But other than that, she, she was really, you know, articulate and, mm -hmm. and able to no, no real problems, even though she had a brain bleed. Uh, the surgery was scheduled for Monday, I it, believe. Yeah, they yeah. did it Monday afternoon. <clears throat> yeah. They went in and they pinned her hip. They just did pins. They were going to replace it, and they said, no, we didn't want to keep her under that long because of the brain bleed, so they just pinned her hip. They put three pins in her hip and then uh, got her up like the next day. Tuesday morning, they got her up out of the bed. She was standing, and um, she seemed fairly alert. And then on uh, – um, you know, and so I was there with her all throughout the day. And mm -hmm. it was, it was I, I just have to say, it was a really special time for me to be with my mom and to care for my mom. Uh, just to, uh, I, I thought back of all the things that my mom had did for me and just, just sitting there and to be able to love on her and spend time with her was so precious to me. 
Um, you know, and I, I had some friends who, who told me, you know, they didn't get that time with their mom before their mom passed. So it was really special. And I, I, at this point I'm thinking mom is recovering and she's going to be okay. Then Wednesday or yeah, Wednesday came and I go in and she's delusional. She's seeing hallucinations, you know, having hallucinations and seeing things and, and, the, the the staff there is just saying, well, that's just ICU dysphoria. It happens a lot with older people. and I, But it just seemed something didn't seem right. She started deteriorating to me in her cognitive interaction. And so on uh, Thursday, but and so they said she's fine. Her, her, her stats are stable, but she didn't sleep good the night before. Well, you know, so I, they kick you out of the – I see you up there at five. So you're there from nine to 12 and then right. you get kicked out to two and then you're able to come back. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. They're, they were really <clears throat> kind of strict about that. So then, uh, so I came back the next morning on Thursday and she had deteriorated so bad that she was, re- she, she was not like herself, literally like she seemed like, it, I don't know if you've ever seen people when, they've had a stroke and they're absent oh yeah she was yeah even but she was she was she had that look but she was hallucinating she wasn't mm. talking to me she was talking to people that weren't in the room she was mm. saying things and and she was talking to her mom talking to her dad and i was like now do you think that was due to the medication she was on no i don't mm. I, I think it what was going on was the uh the brain uh it was what the doctor at the er told me later is the the brain must have started bleeding again, which put pressure on it. Mm. And uh, so, but all that to say, the staff up there just kept saying it was uh, ICU dysphoria, and they need to get her out, get her to an acute care where she can do rehab. <clears throat> they got her accepted down in Meridian at an acute rehab place where you're inpatient. But the thing is, you got to be able to do rehab. Well, they sent an ambulance, got the ambulance to take her from Jackson to Meridian to go into the acute rehab place. Okay. And Brad, by the time they got there, I didn't see her. So I rode in my truck. I drove down by the ambulance. When I got there in Meridian and saw her get out of the ambulance, she was vacant. She was already to the point where she couldn't even really communicate. So the picture that you Um, sent me... Was that night? Um, uh, that okay. was a few and, hours later. And I, I guess in my head, I thought she was still in Jackson. I didn't realize no, she had been. No, no, that okay. was that was in Meridian, and she, at that point, the doctors started telling us, "You need to get your, your your dad in here and your brother and his family in here because yeah. Uh, yeah. she's she looks like she's stroking, mm. like there's you know the the brain bleeds causing pressure, and you need to get because I don't know if she'll make it through the night." Well, you know, my dad came in and, and my brother, we're all crying. We're all just sad because my mom is the sweetest mom. I mean, she is she is the most servant-oriented, God-fearing woman that I've ever known. I mean, she just, uh, you know, and, and I, you know, one of my kids said the other day that I married somebody just like her and Lori because Lori mm-hmm. – has that same kind of heart, but she, my mom is just all she, for the whole week we're up there, all she's doing is talking about Jesus in the ICU when she was coherent 
and about her son who tells people about Jesus. <laughs> She's introducing me to everybody. And, and so She's just glad to have you there. Yeah. And so, you know, she, Brad, I thought she was gone. I leave Thursday night. I, I said goodbye to her, and I'm giving my brother and his family and my dad time with her. And I'm coming back to be with Lori and the girls, get them. And we'll so you'd already hit on. the road on yeah, Thursday. I'd hit okay. the road Thursday night about 9 o'clock gotcha. heading here. But I was going to spend the night halfway. And so I got in a hotel because I was tired of driving. And 6 a.m., my brother sends me a picture that I sent you yeah. of my mom smiling in the hospital bed, coherent. Uh, I mean, she's she's not perfect but she's smiling and coherent and are able to uh converse and she's eating a donut and i facetimed her and i said <laughs> she said i'm eating a donut i'm like oh my gosh what happened it's like a miracle it really was and then you know she's just gotten stronger every day it, but we made we had made the decision in the emergency room she was going to hospice in my brother's home right until God took her. We mm-hmm. thought it could be a day or a couple of days, and God said no. Her time's not yet, and gave my dad and my brother and family a gift to be able to interact with her and spend time with her. And and we don't know if it's a few days, few weeks, few months, few years. We don't know. Nobody knows, but God. But I so I sent you a picture of her today this this morning <laughs> or last night that she's sitting up watching movies of my myself and my brother home movies from gosh the seventies and smiling so big holding her head up so she's at your brother's yeah, house that's, yeah she's at my brother's house smiling like a Cheshire cat I mean that's amazing. Yeah, I'm looking at all these pictures. So, so thank you to all the people praying. I, your prayers were precious, and I'm so thankful that, you know, I get I, – I, I just – I relished in the conversation with my mom by FaceTime the next day because it was just one of those things. It was like, wow. And, you know, and I was I was kind of mad at myself a little bit going, did – it's not that I was doubting God. But, you know, we all pass. I mean, we're all right, going to hit a, right. hit an age. And, and let's qu- face it, quite frankly, when you get up in your 80s and 90s, you get closer and a major medical event can be the thing Ab- that absolute. takes you over. <clears throat> You're absolutely and, right. and what I was so grateful for is she wasn't suffering. You know, mm-hmm. I was just thankful. And I, I, just, I, I just was blown away. So literally, if you folks are hearing somebody who's kind of blabbering today and not <laughs> – himself it's because i just it was a really emotional week for me i mean brad on thursday when she was going down i was singing songs to her that i used to sing when i was a kid christian songs that right that i used to sing in church right and she would hum it with me and that was about all she could do she couldn't even articulate the words but she was humming it with me and smiling you know as much as she could and it was just special. I had I read scripture to her. It was just really special time. And so I, I just I encourage you if you have parents that are older, don't wait until a an event like this happens. Call them and talk to them about how Amen. much they mean to you and what they've done for you. Just always affirm that because. It's a gift when you have parents that do that. Show no for you. question. And I'm glad you, I was telling David, I'm glad you got to take the week to go spend that time with them. 
with your dad as well and your brother. And there's so. nothing more precious and caring. You know this. Oh, man. For your parents. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're glad you've joined us here on SWAT Radio. If uh, you want to call in this afternoon, 844-777-7928. If you have any questions or comments, uh, send them to ask at SWATradio.com. A-S-K at SWATradio.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here on this Monday afternoon. We are glad you've tuned in. If you're tuning in maybe the first time or you're not familiar with what SWAT Radio is, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. This is a uh, outreach from His Light International Ministries, part of a group of Bible studies that take place here on the First Coast in Jacksonville. And uh, if you want more information, go to SWATradio.com. Uh, you can click on the meetings tab. It'll tell you all the various locations and the times that we meet throughout the week. And uh, I think there's a Zoom call that happens on Thursday night. And uh, we have a lot of guys uh, that uh, call in for that throughout the throughout the country. And uh, so anyway, go check it out, SWATradio.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter as well. You can email us at ask at SWATradio.com, Doug at SWATradio.com, or Brad at SWATradio.com. And uh, Doug, as we went into the break, you were just talking about your mother, and I just I, I'm looking at those pictures, and I'm realizing there's no way anybody would believe that that woman that the picture you sent me today was on, you know, really on the doorstep. At, on the doorstep. I mean, completely on the doorstep. Yeah. And uh, but praise God. I mean, you know, it, those, those questions when I called you this morning, you were saying, you know, it, typical. Uh, a doctor response is, well, we we really can't explain it. Nope. That, that, well, they can't. Except, you know, they 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 did talk about uh, how sometimes a brain bleed will scab mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. and stop. Uh, but you know, it, it's just amazing, and I'm very grateful. <clears throat> um, I got a little more time to say how much hey, I love my mom, and exactly. my dad got to 
have some time with her and my brother and family gets to have, you know, I'll tell you one of the things that really struck me in spending all that time with my mom was I saw a woman who lived her life with no regret. That woman Mm. served her entire life. I, I don't know a time that my mom hasn't served. Well, and Jesus said, if you want to be great, you serve. She didn't build a life of ambition. She took care of her two children. She didn't even have a big family. She had two children, but she had a big extended family because I have eight. David has three and she has loved her kids and grandkids as you know, and she is, she's just a servant. She's always willing to serve. And I was sharing with some nurses over there in Jackson when I was there that a big part of my heart to serve was fostered by my mom. Yeah. And, um, we are, we will get into acts 20 today. I, I, I promise you, but I, I, when I, I, I want to share this because my mom took me, my, she was a nurse in a nursing home. Hmm. And when I was, uh, a young adolescent a preteen uh with my brother she used to take us to the nursing home with her we would spend the night there we would mm. sleep on little mats on really? the floor or we would sleep on <clears throat> things because my dad would be working at the fire station 24 hours and uh, my mom would work there so we would like have a little spot there and she would take us to each room we would go around <laughs> And we would visit with those people. Wow. And she would tell us their story and tell us why we should go be some light to them and why we should go encourage them. And a lot of them didn't have family. Right. Uh, they were just people that mm. were there. And she just had a heart to serve. She'd make me play the piano and sing to them. And, uh, you know, and they were so appreciative of it. But she fostered that. Yeah. And I, I just always appreciated that part of my upbringing that that God used her to do that for well, me. Well, <clears throat> you and I spoke several times over the last week, and one of the things I think that was very encouraging was knowing that your children, your children, her grandparents' kids were calling and singing, and, and I mean— I think Every that's another thing. Every, you know, not even only, Ellie, <clears throat> who's up in Alaska. Oh, wow. Ellie— was up in Alaska called not once it was a couple of times yeah. to check, which is really encouraging that they were doing that, you know. Um, well, you, you mentioned, I mean, how important it is. I think one of the greatest ways we can honor our parents is just our time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vic and I had the privilege this morning of taking care of Graham all morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, they Graham's parents, my son and his wife, Rachel, had – had some things going on, and we were just thrilled to get to have Graham. And he had he had a rough night's sleep last night, so he was a little cranky with us. But it was still I was telling Ben and Rachel as they took him and picked him up. So it it doesn't matter. I mean, it's just great to have them have you know your grandkids around. Yeah. And I think that you know for for those of you who still have grandparents, mm. man, give them a call. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to remind my kids sometimes. Hey, call your Call your people because mm-hmm. he's the only one. He's the last one of, of their grandparents. Yeah. And I'm like, call him. Just 
he'd just love to hear from you. They do. And I, I echo that. Well, I, again, thank everybody for your prayers. Continue to pray for my mom. She's doing some in-home rehab and health stuff at my brother's. Pray for my brother, David. Uh, you know, him and his wife, Kwana, that that's where my folks are now. And yeah. They're going to be there. And <clears throat> yeah. I'm, I'm, what uh, a ministry yeah, that is. Yeah, it is. And so um, just very grateful for you guys praying. So, well, you know, I – um, one of the things I missed about last week was I really uh, wanted to go through last week and this week's text on air, um, Acts 20, really 22 through 27 last week and 28 through 38 are so strong, uh, and they really are looking at the life of Paul and and the fact that Paul's life matches up with his message. I mean, I, and I don't know how much you and David got uh, to really delve into it, but he, you know, he was controlled by the Spirit. And even when, you know, he says, I'm constrained by the Spirit, uh, led by the Spirit, you know, that that is something that's missing a lot in our culture today. We get so planned, everything gets so directed and planned out that if the Holy Spirit wanted to do something different, I don't know that we would be open to it. No, you're absolutely right. And I, I think one of the things we talked about is, you know, where Paul says that, that I may finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. If we're to finish the ministry that we've been given, it's only going to be done by the power of the Spirit. Absolutely. You're only going to do it if you're bound in the Spirit. And and he was driven by that commission. You know, I mentioned that in the principle. He's that, that a lot of times we're driven by different things other than the commission of God yep. on our life. You know, we, he doesn't bring us into the family of God to live our own agenda. Uh, it's kind of like, it would be on the equivalent. I've used this analogy before Brad, but joining the Marine Corps to get all the benefits of being a Marine. So you could go do what you wanted to do independent of the Marine Corps. That's how a lot of us live our life as believers. We we want the benefits of being a follower of Jesus and a part of his kingdom family without the allegiance or loyalty to him or Mm -hmm. the drivenness of his commission in our life. Right. Right. And, And we think, well, He's commissioned Brad, but not me, or the pastor, or not me, or Doug, or not me. No, he's commissioned us. If you are a believer, you have been commissioned. No doubt. You have been commissioned, <clears throat> and the question is, are you like Paul going to say, no, my life is of account to me and value. I, I don't want to uh, yield parts of it. I'll do what God says up to a point. Are you going to be like Paul and say, no, I'm going to finish my course, the course he set, the ministry I received from him to testify of his grace? And um, we, we need to be driven by that. And then the other thing last week is just to be dependable. He says, I preach the whole counsel of God. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how important that statement is. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of churches today and ministries do not preach the whole counsel of God. They they uh, edit, they omit, because they're afraid of our culture. They're afraid of repercussions. And, um, you know, Paul's ministry is winding down. 
And he goes, no, no, I have preached the whole council. In fact, he says, there's no blood on no my hands. No blood hand. on my hands. Yeah, quoting from Ezekiel, yeah. basically. Uh, or it's not a quote from Ezekiel, but the idea there is he was a watchman, and he says, I'm innocent of your blood because I've declared everything you, to you. <clears throat> when you think about that, how many people he had he must have encountered that he didn't miss an opportunity to proclaim the full counsel of the word of God. Yeah. We, we were, and I know you and I even discussed this, I think the week before about uh, being filled with the spirit that we are filled once from there on out. No, we're, we're baptized. Once. Well, we're, we're filled many times, Well, but we're, it's a, it's a continual yielding That's to right. the spirit. Yeah. And, and I think he, he brings that out right up front. He says, I don't count my life as anything. And always, you know, I don't need another filling of the Spirit. What I need is to yield. I need to die to myself and yield to the Spirit. Well, you of remember God. we were talking about that, Brad? That I, I really uh, the the being filled with the Spirit is being yielded. Mm-hmm. It's yielded. That means your flesh is yielded and controlled yeah. by the Spirit, not yeah. by your own desires, which is going to require dying to yourself. Exactly. Yeah, exactly right. And so um, that that really is 22 through 27, which I know y'all covered. But this week, again, Paul is addressing the Ephesian elders. This is kind of like his pep talk before he goes. And he says, I'm never going to see your face again. And uh, he's passing this baton to a new generation. And what he's wanting is that, that the leaders that he's leaving in charge, and by the way, Timothy, Aristarchus, Secundus, mm-hmm. Gaius, all these men that are there with him, Trophimus, they're going to be the leaders he yeah. leaves back. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about and share as we get into the text about how God rules, because these men are going to be the rulers of, uh, of or the administrators of God's rule in the church. Yeah. That's a better way to say <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, look forward to hearing more about that when you come back. When we come back from the break, you can email us at ask at squatradio.com if you have a question or comment about the text. You can also call us 844-777-7928. Again, that's 844-777-SWAT. Stay tuned. We will be right back. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes, Doug McCary on this Monday afternoon. Another just glorious day, but we do want to remember those over in Turkey and Syria who have just been through a devastating earthquake over there. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, at least the latest thing I've seen is over 3,000 dead. Mm. I'm sure that number's going to be going up. But uh, obviously, we want to keep them in prayer, and uh, just uh, 
maybe have compassionate hearts as we uh, as uh, see this kind of unfold of the hours and days ahead. You know, earthquakes are very scary from the people I've talked to that have gone through them. Um, they, uh, they just come on you real quick. It's not like yeah. a hurricane or a weather system you can see coming. Um, also, I, I wanted to ask our listeners if you would lift up uh, some um, f- friends of John Monger's. John Monger uh, is a friend of ours who was a persecuted pastor who is now in Austin, Texas. He's been on our program several times. But there is a family out there called the Ray family, R-A-I. It's um, it's uh, two young ladies and an older man and a little baby that had a – it's been so cold in Texas and they did not have good uh, – the power went out. And so they ran a generator in their mm-hmm. house and they all got <clears throat> carbon monoxide oh poisoning and all ICU out there. So remember the Ray family, R-A-I. All those people there, and just pray for Pastor John as he ministers to them. Um, it's just terrible. So much, uh, so much hurting going on in the world. You know, there's a lot of brokenness, a lot of pain, and those things that happen like that soften our hearts. It yeah. always does. Just like <laughs> me being with my mom last week, mm-hmm. it softens you to see people in pain. And to walk through that, well, you know, life is a life is a fragile thing. It is, and we forget that. We just get yeah. going along. We get more concerned about a weather balloon. Listen, not that that I'm uh, not a weather balloon, but a, a spy balloon. <clears throat> you know, not that that shouldn't be an issue, but when you walk out in the world, you look around. Everybody you look at is one person away, if not in their own life from somebody who's really struggling with some kind mm-hmm. of pain or brokenness. Yep. And so we are God's people in that world, and we are to be people who are light bringers, hope bringers in the midst of that. And that's one thing I can say about my mom. And when I was there, you, you know, we were talking about Jesus the whole time, and our hope was in him that, our, you know, we just fixed our eyes on him. So, um, Well, I think she's – <clears throat> it, it's evident, Doug, that she has fixed her eyes on Christ. Yep. That when you're when you're there where she was, she was. I think in some ways, probably like Paul said, you know, to live as Christ and to die as gain. Yep. You know, it, she had that kind of attitude. Well, as we as we look at Paul passing the baton to this younger generation of disciples who are going to lead the churches, you know, I want to remind our listeners that after the fall, you know. Before the fall, God led directly. Adam and Eve were the only people really to be led directly. I mean, God spoke to people, Mm -hmm. and we are supposed to follow him, but the authority relationship before the fall was God's direct leadership. But after the fall, he has three primary institutions that he leads through. One is the family. That's the father and the mother leading the children. Two is the church. The elders administrate the rule of God in mm-hmm. the body of Christ, <clears throat> and then the state. You know, in every one of those relationships, there is an authority submissive uh, participant relationship parent child, elder member, official of the state, and citizen of the state. Mm-hmm. 
And God's people are called to submit to his authority through those structures. As long as that authority is not commanding you to go against his word, <clears throat> you are to be submissive. And, um, you know, I, I love what uh, Tommy says. The church is his church. It's not elder ruled. Right. It's God ruled through his people who are the elders that are in charge. Uh and, uh, you know, uh, he he leads people by example, not force, whereas the world system is tell you what to do and enforce right. it. God leads through what? Shemaing. He, he wants to speak and let the people follow. And so as, as we looked at these last uh, verses in chapter 20, um, one of the first thing Paul says to them in verse 28 is, listen, you watch out for yourselves. Boy, there couldn't be a better admonition from Paul to these young mm. leaders. Um, and so as we look at the priorities of, of, a, of a leader of God, um, I just want to list them out. Today we're going to focus in on on really verse 28, the first part, as God calls us to prioritize our personal character and growth, the leader's own personal character mm-hmm. and growth. If the leader's not leading himself well, how is he going to lead somebody right. else? Right. So he's got to be prioritizing his own personal growth and character first. Second, God calls us to prioritize the provision and care of his church as leaders. That That is, what's a shepherd's job? To feed and protect the sheep. Mm-hmm. And so that's what he's saying. Third is he calls us to prioritize our protective concern for guarding his truth. He says there's going to be fierce wolves come in. We'll see that. And then um, uh, fourth, he calls us to prioritize our commitment, our purified commitment to his work. In other words, not being diluted with personal ambition within that Mm. or personal greed. Mm. And so those are the four principles we're going to look at this week. And like I said, today, looking at primarily God's call to prioritize our personal growth and character. And so, Brad, verse 28 is real simple. <clears throat> just read the first, read it, and we're really just going to hone in on the first part of it. Yeah, Acts 20, verse 28. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. So, really, the first thing he says is, hey, take care of yourselves. Watch yourselves. And he's talking to guys who are leaders here. People, Timothy is going to be the pastor at Ephesus. I mean, one of the largest cities of that time, one of the most influential cities of that time. And young Timothy is going to be the guy in charge. And if you remember, when he wrote Timothy, he says in, in chapter 3 of verse, or I mean, chapter 3 of First uh, Timothy, he talks about what it means to be a leader hmm. of God's people. And he says, it, it, you know, to, you have to be above reproach. Yeah. Well, what does that mean? It, it does not mean sinless. It means that you live a life above reproach. When you think about a guy like a Daniel, or you think about a guy like a Job, or you think about a guy like a Joseph, these were men who were blameless, Noah, blameless. They were sinful men. 
I know they sinned, but they were blameless in the sense of they walked with integrity with God. They they were men who what you saw with them is who they were, and mm. they had a commitment and surrender to the holiness of God and that relationship. And so when he says in chapter 3, in fact, Brad, why don't you read chapter <clears throat> 3 of 1 Timothy all the way down um, to verse 7. Yeah, verse 7. Okay, here it is, 1 Timothy 3. The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well, with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. Mm -hmm. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? Mm. He must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders, so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. And Titus 1 is almost identical in the same uh, context, verses 5 through about 9. Um, yeah. And he, he talks in Titus about not being arrogant, quick-tempered, a drunkard, violent, greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, disciplined. The, these qualities are, are what God's leaders should aspire to and, mm-hmm. and demonstrate. It does not mean... You won't make a mistake. It does not mean you 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 won't slip. But if you slip in a moment of passion, in a moment of anger, understand this. There can be times that that momentary lapse could disqualify you, if not forever, from serving in capacity as a pastor, at least for a long time. Charles Spurgeon said, when a man's reputation for the brokenness of his particular sin outweighs the reputation of his sin, then he's ready to go mm. back in. <clears throat> That's good. So. I think it's interesting as you look through those things, especially in Titus chapter 1, is what it doesn't say. Mm-hmm. You know, what it doesn't say about qual- the qualifications of an elder. You know, so often we typically think in our culture that if you're Wealthy, successful, sexful well-spoken, yep. charismatic man. What a great leader! It 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 doesn't say any of that. No, it, you know, it's all about the purity of the heart. It'd be interesting, Brad, to have a outside firm. I'm not a firm, but I mean, like an outside group of people, not a firm, but you know, just a somebody to go and survey the elders of churches all over the country. And really go through this list mm-hmm. versus a church list. I'll tell you, I was I was being interviewed by a fairly large church one time for a job position. You know what they they focused on hmm. in the interview? It was more about my vision for that particular office. It was that, there was no question about my devotional life. 
about my prayer life, about my, you know, any personal struggles. It was all about what experience I had Mm -hmm. in that particular area of ministry, my vision for what I would do with that and how I would accomplish it. It kind of goes back to what you and I discussed about two or three weeks ago about the CEO model versus the shepherd model. And, And we're not knocking the CEO. There's an understanding of that. But most of us see a CEO as a person who's vision-driven, you know. By the bottom not, line. Not, of, of, not, of not the first thing being the purity of your heart yeah, and uh, the brokenness of your own spirit. Well, hey, well, when we come back, I want to contrast a little bit the difference between David and Saul, <laughs> the character, as it looks at these two leaders, both leaders of God's people. Yeah, absolutely. Call us at 844-777-7928. Send us an email at ask at swatradio.com. We'll look forward to hearing from you. Catch us after the break. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice of the same old lies, if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug on this Monday afternoon. If you want to call in, we'd love to hear from you. 844 777 7928. And, uh, you know, Doug, I was thinking about, you know, the, 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 the importance of elders. I mean, here Paul is, you know, he's, Kind of these are his parting words to the elders in Asia and Ephesus. They've come. He's kind of given them the final um, instructions. And there's nothing in here about, man, you need to be more charismatic or you need to be a better leader. Not really, you got to you got to work on your speaking, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I, I mean that the things that de- define our leaders, you don't see here. Yeah, you know. And I, I know you have, I have, I've served on boards before, and sometimes I'm invited uh, to serve on a board, and I'm always surprised at sometimes what that board is made of. It's really made of mostly of people who have money, mm-hmm. um, and I, I tell people all the time, if, you, if you're recruiting me to be on a board for financial reasons, uh, I'm not your guy. 
Now, if you're recruiting me to be on your board because you think I might have some wisdom to bring to the table, that's a different subject. And Paul here is dealing really with the character, not the methods. Mm. It's, it's all about the character, and he begins there by saying, pay attention to what your life looks like. Yeah, I, I well, leadership, I think the leadership we see in David versus the leadership we see in Saul is very telling. I love, I've always loved this contrast. Saul was the first king of Israel, first king of God's people. Um, and so, um, when you look at Saul, what did he do on the big scheme of things? God told him to do something and he said, you know, well, he had the people out there. He was supposed to wipe out the Malachites. He didn't do it. And when Samuel comes and says, Hey, what, what's, what's that sheep, those sheep I hear, what's going on? The people made me do it. First of all, he didn't take any responsibility. Right. But the thing that was even more alarming than that was when um, Saul was told by Samuel, hey, God's taken the kingdom from you. Saul grabbed Samuel's cloak and tore it, trying to hold on to him. He wanted Samuel to walk with him because he did not want to lose power. He did not want to lose where he was. Now, the difference is, if you go over to 2 Samuel 11, by the way, that's in 1 Samuel 15. Mm-hmm. If you go to 2 Samuel 11, chapter 11, where David, first of all, was supposed to be with his troops, instead he stayed back. He sees Bathsheba, he commits adultery with her, gets her pregnant, then kills her husband. This sordid story. Mm-hmm. And then in chapter 12, Nathan the prophet confronts him. And what does he do? He says, wow, I, you know what? I deserve anything I get. I am, I am broken. And, and we see in Psalm 51 when he wrote about that, how heartbroken. He's Lord, create in me a new spirit. Don't take your spirit from me. Give right. me a new heart. Give, <laughs> yeah. me, give me a new willingness. And then when I'm renewed, I will tell people your ways. Saul tried to cling to power. David said, I deserve anything I get. So the, the, the whole thing about leadership is that you own your junk. You, you, you're, you attain to the standard Paul had. You strive for holiness. Mm-hmm. And when you make a mistake, you own it. And, you, and you, you, you acknowledge that you're just a human trying to administrate the will of God for the church as a leader, if you're an elder or a ministry, if you're on a board or if you're a leader of a ministry, and your desire is to do God's will hmm. in in both cases. Yeah. The, the, the elders of your church don't lead the church. They're under leaders. They're hmm. under shepherds. Hmm. Um, they, they rule for Christ. In his, I mean, they are the surrogates for Christ to, to rule in the church. And so... Uh, it was never democracy in the church. That's a terrible thing with God. God doesn't go for the democracy thing. Yeah. He's you know? not taking votes. No, he's not taking votes on his will. He's got an unfolding plan, and he's laying it out. And Paul says, first thing you guys do as leaders is you pay attention. You pay attention to yourself. 
pay careful attention, he says. Not just even attention, Mm -hmm. careful attention to yourselves. And then he says to all, and we'll get into that part tomorrow. So that's... uh, well, what, what would what would all of the church look like if we <laughs> took that order right there? Whew. You know, so often we're paying really careful attention to that other person. Mm-hmm. Man, if they were here, if they, man, I wish they were here to hear this message. Mm. You know, and uh, not that we would ever throw elbows, you know, in church, but the reality is, you know, and and. I'm assuming this is a maturity thing that as I've gotten older, mm-hmm. the more I've realized one of the things that <clears throat> I love to teach, the reason, the only reason I love to teach is because I love to study and usually almost, well, in fact, always, whenever we prepare to study, God doesn't work in our own heart. Uh, well, because well, because if you are somebody who communicates God's word and you share it, the first person you got to preach it to is yourself. You need Amen. to be running these principles through your own life before you try to talk. And that's what's so amazing about Paul when you see he he was so surrendered to the will of God, so uh, much a guy who lived what he taught. His life matched his message, you know, and uh, it's just really uh, it, it's really encouraging to read what Luke records about him. And, you know, Brad, as we, as we continue to go further into this, I mean, have you been encouraged by Paul? And, uh, I mean, it's just <clears throat> really I love it. Uh, especially, I mean, uh, throughout the whole study, I mean, when I was uh, sharing with Rachel, my daughter-in-law, she asked what we were going to be, you know, teaching through this week mm. here on the air. And I told her and I said, you know, we've been in we've been in Acts for a year and a half, mm-hmm. which is fine. You know, we we I don't think you started this study going. We're going to end on this date. No, I just go through it, and I'm pretty much like so even like this where we're at now. Uh, there were twenty, or I'm sorry, three weeks that we've been in Acts twenty, just that one chapter. Right. We probably could have taken six, but I'm I'm praying about the how we break it up, and I remember my first thought as I was praying about it, oh, was I'm just going to do a broad sweep with one general theme of Paul uh, passing the baton. And I'm going, this is too rich. There's too many things. Even though it's repetitive, it's still rich each week with its own uh, principles that God's extracting out. Well, I even, uh, you know, in preparation for today, actually from last week, was going back and looking at – you know, primarily First Timothy three, Titus mm-hmm. chapter one, and as I looked at Titus chapter one from verse five to, I don't know, I guess it's verse twelve, or no, verse nine is all these. I mean, you could you could literally dive into each one of these areas. Yeah, you could spend at least a day going through what is what does it mean uh, to be a steward? What does it mean to be an overseer? What does it mean? to be above reproach, you know, things like quick-tempered, arrogant, drunkard, violent, greedy for gain, hospitable, you know, even just hospitable, we've gotten that word mixed up, yeah. <laughs> you know, lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. And, um, you know, I think even there in Titus, he says he must hold firm 
to the trustworthy word as taught Hmm. so that he may be able to give instructions and sound doctrine. Mm-hmm. It kind of goes back to the full counsel of the Word of God. That Paul did not, it, twice it says in verse 20 and in verse 27, Acts 20, he says, I didn't shrink. Yeah, we got a bunch of people, and I would be included in that, that sometimes I shrink. Well, we all do at different times. Um, you know, um, and so as, as, as we go out today, the, the question that uh, I would ask you to ask yourself Who's really in charge uh, of my daily life? Like as a as a as a personal. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Who's who's really in charge of of my my uh, daily life as far as it relates to my own uh, m- my growth? Do do I think it's just going to happen? Or am I disciplined? You know, you and I talk a lot about the the Bible di- discipline of reading the yeah. Bible. It's not legalistic. If you want to grow oh. in your character and in your relation to God, you have to spend time in the Word. And Brad, I'll tell you, in my life, there's a direct correlation between growth and maturity hmm. and time in the Word. Amen. Amen. Uh, hey, I wanted to let our listeners know, uh, again, thank you for praying for my mom. Continue to pray for her and my brother and my dad. Um, but on Thursday, Dr. Owen Strand is going to be our guest. From uh, He's from uh, Grace Bible Theological Seminary, and he is you don't one, miss that one phenomenal guy uh, as far as like uh, God's really using him, and I'm excited to have him on talk about what's going on in our world. Amen. Glad you joined us here this afternoon. If you have any questions or comments, send those to ask at SWATradio.com. Go to SWATradio.com. Check out the support tab if you want to support uh, this ministry. If you want to find out where we meet for Bible studies, click on the meetings tab. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening 